Oh boy, did I just wake up from a dream or did we do just like five weeks of the exact same movie? I'm Nato Kitchen, tonight on the Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we're going to rock out with Hedwig and the Angry Inch. But no one likes a white guy with acoustic guitar, so I brought a full band with me and each one of them has a special song in their heart, bro. First up, <laughs> she puts the sin in singer, it's Amelia. Hi, my name's Amelia, and my heart song is It's Raining Tacos, because I would very much like for some tacos to rain down into my mouth right now. And I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. Next up, it's all about their base. It's Andrew. Hey, uh, my uh, I'm Andrew, and my heart song is Thanks for the Memories uh, by Fall Out Boy. Uh, and... <laughs> And I can be found at ChronoRaven28 on Twitch. Lastly, you can't have a band without your number one groupie who just got their Twitch affiliate certification. It's the one and only Ro. I got that right, right? Yeah. yeah. Ro! The email came, like, today. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? My name is Ro, and my heart song is 30 Minutes of Ambient Space Corps. <laughs> and you can find me on twitch.tv slash sesqueenrow now affiliate certified um if you haven't seen Hedwig and the Angry Inch the fuck is wrong with you go watch it or see it live or something because we're about to talk about it starting with the plot so here spoiler we go. alert <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch follows Hedwig and the Angry Inch uh, that was it thank you everyone goodbye um, <laughs> for forget. Wow, the way the way you right, did that plot intro, thinking this was eating out six. <laughs> Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a band that had their fame stolen from them by Tommy Gnosis, a former lover of Hedwig's and also a very bland person. Hedwig grew up in East Germany, where they fell in love with an American soldier, got a sex change so they could marry and escape Germany, only to be left for someone younger and younger than them. This allows them to return to their first love, however, music, and after meeting Tommy Gnosis, they start gaining fame only for it to all fall apart when Tommy finds out the Angry Inch, a relic of a botched sex change operation. From here, Hedwig forms a band and mirrors Tommy around the country, telling their story, regaining their crown, and eventually finding the acceptance they always wanted. Happily ever after. Other things happened. But, you know, we're not going to talk about everything. But we are going to talk about what y'all thought about this movie. Um, iconic. Absolutely yeah. iconic. The wig speaks volumes. And oh, yes. That only, not only because the wig is so voluminous, but, you know. Um, I think everything about the imaging and the branding and the aesthetic of this movie is so immediately recognizable like mm -hmm. as soon as you see yeah. Hedwig like you know it's coming you know you're gonna be in like rock and roll heaven for the next hour 40 like there's no escaping it yeah but yeah. yeah it's a great like queer punk rock tragedy and I love it I think I think that's one of the things that like really stands out to me, or not stands out necessarily, but speaks to me about this movie, um, is that it is, like, 
kind of the definition of punk, like, because you've got this anti-establishment, like, anti-society, like, fuck you, punk rocker, that is just unapologetically themselves, you know? Um, And I get the sense that Hedwig has always kind of been unapologetically themselves throughout the film, Um, and kind of just done whatever, regardless of, like, what society says that they need to do. Right. Like, um. immediately from the first scene, you get kind of this what-the-fuck-is-up-Denny's kind of energy from Hedwig. Because <laughs> she's playing these super small venues, basically following Tommy Gnosis around the country. But, um, she's really bringing it. She's not half-assing these performances just because she's in these little, like, buffet restaurant stages or whatever like she's got like a proper five-piece band and they're bringing it she's can, not rock can i just energy. like can i just like interject here to talk about myself um for a second please uh <laughs> So, uh, like the whole the whole like uh, Denny's, I think they were called like um, it, it was like a seafood chain, wasn't it? That they were yeah, at. it was called Bilge Waters. So, so when Waters. <laughs> <laughs> I think they I think they filmed them all in like the same one too. Um, so uh, uh, when I w- my first time doing like a Rocky Horror Shadowcast in college. We went to Denny's afterwards, and they made me be Trixie, the one who does uh, the striptease at the beginning. Uh, they also oh, made yes. me do the striptease and sing the entire science fiction double feature at Denny's on the table. <laughs> so I feel, I feel what it's like to see. <laughs> I feel, I feel what Hedwig feels like singing uh, songs like "Sugar Daddy" and "Angry Inch." spiritually especially right in front of the salad bar like it's amazing iconic oh my god Hedwig in front of my salad (laughs) I just want to say that I take it as a personal affront and I am very insulted that a video does not exist of this that we can watch thank you (laughs) I mean we have the DVD in the Criterion channel no, of of you. No, of you. In the oh. middle of Denny's. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, we literally just watched this movie. <laughs> um. Oh my god. Um, like, I'm just imagining you in Denny's, like, full on, like, Hedwig crotch and face, like, it's a car wash kind of moment. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Science fiction. You're right um, up some old gay Santa Fe dude. <laughs> what do you think about the music in this compared to like other, uh, you know, queerish musicals like Hair and Rocky Horror Picture Show, and um, to some extent we have to compare it to Where the World Mine. Um, I think there's a real kind of trend in gay-themed movie musicals to go for the kind of kitschy, like, obviously queer sound, but that's not really an issue for Hedwig, because Hedwig's whole personality is so, like, 
centered in punk rock and that's such a different queer aesthetic from like anything else that we've really tackled so far in the movie musical genre Mm -hmm. yeah it's very much more nitty and gritty very much like what punk is rather Mm -hmm. than like how music game queer musicals usually uh try to go a little bit more campy with things right and it's it just feels more like dirtier in the sense that it feels more raw in terms of emotion it, and energy. It really and does. You- I mean, just like that scene right after, um, I think it's right after uh, Hedwig's um, manager or whatever is like, I have no reason to work for you anymore or something. Oh, and yeah. Hedwig, after Hedwig the, is like the drinking. Password got ripped up. Yeah. Uh, and they're, like, sitting in the, um, I think, outside drinking with a bunch of people, and their makeup is just, like, all messed up and, like, Oh, yeah, the tire and, pile. Like, yeah. That, like, no, the, it, ta- just... the tire pile was before that because directly after the passport scene was when they got picked up uh, by Tommy in the limo. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're uh, right. Yeah. That's when they're hooking. Are they, are they doing the sex work thing at that point? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But yeah, and like the all of that, like that too. It's just like all very raw and like a lot more punk than I think a lot of like, you know, when you compare it to something like World Word of the World Mine or um, right. It's you know not so much fairies away fetch me that flower. It's very much like America the Beautiful, full on glitter cape. Farrah Fawcett hair, like yeah, big lips don't give a fuck kind of energy. Yeah. Now, exactly. as as a follow up, <laughs> and this is for Andrew because I want Andrew to see both of y'all get really, really angry. Uh, <laughs> how would you compare the music of this movie to the music of Queer Duck the movie? Oh God. <laughs> Uh, well, seeing as how I have never seen Queer Duck the movie, and I think that's for my benefit alone. <laughs> um, you should I, feel lucky. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, I I really like the music, like just because I love like just punk rock and just even classic rock is just it, you can just feel like all of the. Uh, references in sort of like the aesthetic that that Hedwig goes for and it just is all about like sort of Americana but like bringing it down into this just like grungy uh grungy place to like you're bringing she uh they bring it to rural America literally like right in the middle of where everybody goes out to eat on a Friday night, basically. Right. Yeah. And she... They bring it... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, they bring it to the trailer park. Like, they bring it... Yeah. But, but yeah. like, don't you, don't you think, like, when Queer Duck sang... Or not Queer Duck, even, but, like, uh, 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 Gay Bear, or whatever his name was, was singing, Let's play baseball uh, it was actually like reminiscent in a way of Wicked Little Town 
the Tommy Gnosis um, reprise. NATO, you don't have to do this. It's not Jeff London week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you... Jeff London week is a gift to everyone. Everyone loves Jeff London and his amazing films that are perfect. All I'm, all I'm saying is you don't need to defend Queer Duck. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It can't hurt def- you anymore. <laughs> we already def- did the episode. It's long past. <laughs> not defending Queer Duck. Um, I would never defend Queer Duck. How dare you? Um, <laughs> I'm just making no. jokes. Speaking of jokes, um, I guess that's that's the other thing I'm really good at is transitions that don't transition anywhere. Um, what actually were your uh, favorite songs from this uh, movie? Uh, I think, for me, I'm torn between Wicked Little Town, the Hedwig version, and Midnight Radio. Mm, It's difficult. There's so much good music in this movie. Um, I know you don't don't really like it, but I'm kind of partial to the origin of love. Yeah, Origin of Love is such a good song. Sorry, Nato. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree. It's I, my least favorite. I love... <laughs> We're all entitled to our opinions. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but... I don't think it's a bad song. It's just my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I... And this show is, is, is really interesting. This movie is really interesting in that it doesn't just exist as a movie but it's also been on stage both on and off broadway and so when you're talking about the music of the movie there's actually this really big world of like alternate arrangements so Mm -hmm. when you listen to a song like say sugar daddy which in the movie is kind of acoustic and has a real country theme and then you go to, like, the Broadway production, and it has this really gritty, like, down-and-in-it kind of rock-and-roll feel. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to explore in the music, I and, think. And you also have the the tribute album, Wig in a Box, which... Exactly. ...has a lot... ...has its own, his, his oh, own yeah. thing as well, including... Cindy Lauper singing Midnight Radio, which I think kind of like I would still love if Courtney Love did like Wicked Little Town. Like that would be like the thing that completes me as a human being. That or having Tanner Cohen sing to me. One of those two things make it happen. Um, uh, but like Cindy Lauper singing Midnight Radio is actually like one of my favorite cover songs of all time. Tanner Cohen, by the way, is still this podcast's official favorite twink. Um, Unless Zelda five, Williams contacts us and takes that award. Five <laughs> movies worth of eating out cannot change my mind about this. We can be, we can be found at Gay Eka Podcast on Facebook, Zelda Williams. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, contact us if you want the non-existent uh, podcast favorite twink award. Oh, I made it. physical form. Oh, you made made it? it. (laughs) Yes, I did. Ooh, with the certificate and everything. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so back to back to uh, uh, favorite tracks. Uh, I don't think we heard from Andrew. Uh, I actually really like the beginning one, "Tear Me Down," like just because it sets the tone for the entire movie, and just sort of let because at the beginning you immediately see Hedwig walking into the venue to perform this song and it's just you just see Americana basically almost a little bit bastardized on stage in the fact that before when the beginning credits start to roll you hear America the Beautiful and then you get into this gritty punk song about the Berlin Wall and tear me down. So I really like the beginning and just, you get to see that it's basically in small towns that Hedwig gets their start and then just completely continues on in breaking down the barriers in just rural America. Right. Mm -hmm. I think tear me down does actually a really good job of setting the tone especially when you consider the fact that Hedwig, where she started, was not very, like, she was born basically in East Berlin. Uh, yeah. In, in communist Germany. Um, so when she's saying, tear me down, there, like, there's not that far to go. And what little distance there is, she manages to cover it in the span of her story. Um, but it really sets this mood that this is a story about a struggle and it's a story about claiming your power and it's a story about the effect that that has on you and the people around you. And I think the opening song does a really good job of kind of setting that stage. Mm -hmm. So I would agree. Good song. Um... So I think uh, one of the things I like most about this movie is sort of the fluidity, not just of the character, but also the narrative. Uh, because this movie fl literally flows like a rock concert. Um, I hate myself. I'm sorry. Uh, but, like, uh, um, I think this is also another Sundance Labs film, like uh, uh, Wall Tigers I Have Known. Um, I remember being on IFC and stuff like that, but right. did y'all did y'all feel like the narrative went by too fast, or how did you feel like the pacing was for this movie? I actually I, really enjoy the pacing in this movie. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, just like for my own personal tastes of how I like this kind of exposition, I um. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. I like how it just kind of has this very fluid way of going back and forth between like the past and the present um, right. as stories that Hedvig is kind of like sharing about their past and like the context of the song that they're about to sing. Right. It really like the story jumps from venue to venue, from past to present, back to past to animation to like gigs that we're not even sure are actually happening like 
Um, and somehow throughout all this, the Menzies Festival, a cohesive story. The Menzies <laughs> yes, Festival, the ninth stage, stage nine, <laughs> stage nine of the Menzies Festival. I, I wonder with the name like the Menzies Festival, and this sounds kind of terrible, but like is like. Is that what, like, women-only spaces are like? Like, W-O-M-Y-N women spaces? You mean, like, TERFs? <laughs> yeah, TERF spaces. <laughs> I could, yes. Like, I is could... it all just ac- acoustic indie <laughs> rock and, like, space yodeling or whatever the fuck was going probably, on in the background? Probably. It's, it's probably that while they all, like, circle jerk and sit and talk about how they're women, spelled WOM, W-O-M-B-E-A-N. Yeah. <laughs> and they're literally like, Googling. Sit, sit and talk about how their yonis give them power. Uh. <laughs> Blanket Turf Wars at Sarah McLaughlin's Summer Sessions. Uh, no, that's T-U-R-F. That's fine. I was Googling to see if Sarah McLaughlin was a turf. Um, a quick aside to I was like, audience. oh no, not Sarah McLaughlin. I don't McLaughlin. think I could live in this world if Sarah McLaughlin was a turf. Quick aside, to, quick aside to our audience, don't be surprised that a podcast called the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association is picking a fight with TERFs. <laughs> if you find this Let at all surprising, known. then, like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> um, one, Being what? a TERF is the least punk rock thing you can do. I'm oh, throwing totally. hands. Yeah. <laughs> like meet me in the mosh pit if you say any different. Like <laughs> meet me on my own turf. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll throw down with you. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, actual transition. Uh, so Hedwig is a. Mm, not so sympathetic character. They have a very sympathetic background, but they're not, I guess, the word would be empathetic uh, in a way. Um, do you think Hedwig was justified in their actions and that they were rewarded with what they were seeking through this film? Do you think that that was something that was uh, warranted? Um, or do you think that it was kind of like... Mm. Well, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> I think the ending of this film is kind of unclear as to exactly what kind of resolution Hedwig and Tommy Gnosis actually come to. So it's really kind of up in the air what, if any, kind of restitution Hedwig actually gets. Um, quick reminder, Tommy Gnosis is, um, asshole, boring, white, um, white boy, like, basically, like, he has bean. a fish on his truck, okay? He's like, a, he's a pinto bean <laughs> who steals music. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I think the best thing about Tommy Gnosis for me is that it's played by, what is his name? Uh, the guy who's literally in every single independent film ever made. Um, <laughs> the the other pit, 
Michael, Michael Pitts. Michael Pitts. Is that what his yeah. name is? Michael Pitts. Michael yeah. Pitts. Yeah. The not the not Brad one. Um, and Michael Pitt cannot sing at all. <laughs> like like no, the reprise right. is no. so but hard to get a, through. He's a he's a white boy pinto bean, and that's enough apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go on I stage. Mean, what what is your going? What is your look going to be? I'm gonna be like Iggy Pop, except I'm gonna have a silver cross on my head. Uh, okay. What does that symbolize? The crossroads. I mean, <laughs> white mediocrity is rewarded in U.S. society. So. Uh, Just saying. Yep. Especially <laughs> when you steal from queer art. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I do actually love the fact that Hedwig, like, goes through the trouble of giving us, like, David Bowie and Iggy Pop and, like, really, like, solidifying her influences. So that way when she comes in with that labyrinth wig, we're like, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Holy- um I do have to say, though, about the wigs, in the one scene where we see the entire room filled with wigs, and then later we only see, like, three other wigs rather than it, other than Hedwig's usual wig, and I'm just like, what a standard drag queen, perf- like, just, like, standard drag queen trope of, like, I have all these wigs, but I'm only going to wear, like, four of them. <laughs> <laughs> which, which wig, yeah. do you, which... Which wig do you think is Hedwig's head wig? I mean, obviously, the one that they're wearing at, like, almost every Yeah, obviously the Farrah Fawcett the, role. It's gotta yeah. be the Farrah Fawcett hair. It's <laughs> the most <laughs> iconic. It's the most, like, recognizable. Like, you see it, I want you one of those either hats. Farrah Fawcett or Hedwig. I want one of those foam hats of that I do, wig. too. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Can one of our non-existent viewer or listeners get us those, please? That would be really great. Oh, I can. Right. Uh, <laughs> can some of can some of Rose affiliated <laughs> Twitchers uh, <laughs> get us some of those? You think yeah, I hold that much power? I'm an affiliate <laughs> on Twitch now. I can just slap snap my fingers and magically head wig foam wigs will just hold, hold on hold on I'll, yes, I'll try i'll yes. try okay i want to did it work no oh my sorry. god i have it i have a foam wig <laughs> oh my gosh oh well hold on let me it's my oh, I, oh it's gone i don't now. see mine now oh, oh, oh it's, sorry it's Nate, gone. No. Uh, i just want let, let's go back to the ending for a second because uh also hello welcome back to spoilers um i'm your host spoily mcspoilerson um so hi spoily i hey baby that's mr mcspoilerson um, to you (laughs) so i'm gonna try to explain what happens tommy gnosis picks up hedwig who is a uh woman of the night uh they get they get drunk, Hedwig crashes, they both get arrested. Uh, it comes out that Hedwig is actually the person who wrote all of Tommy Gnosis's hits. Uh, Hedwig <coughs> gets famous, even though they still perform at Bilgewaters. Um, 
And <laughs> yeah, uh, and I then, love that Bilgewater's Times Square. <laughs> and then, um, and and then uh, Hedwig's goes to a performance of Tommy Gnosis. Since Tommy Gnosis has fallen from grace, Tommy Gnosis is performing for no one except for Hedwig. And Tommy Gnosis performs an alternative version of Wicked Little Town, which seems to be more of a letting things go and apology version to Hedwig, in a way, but also pointing out, like, all of the, you know, hey, you're kind of being an asshole. And then Tommy Gnosis kind of just leaves forever. And then Hedwig become dresses as... Tominosis, and how do you say the um, backup singer's name? Yitzhak? Yitzhak. Yitzhak. Yitzhak, yeah. Yitzhak. So, Yitzhak, and then, I think. And then let's yeah. Yitzhak become Hedwig. And then, <clears throat> and then we see someone who could be either Michael Pitt or. Tommy Gnosis, or sorry, it could be either, either be old Tommy Gnosis or new Tommy Gnosis, or Michael Pitt Tommy Gnosis, or James Cameron Mitchell Tommy Gnosis, uh, walking naked through an alleyway. It's kind of hard to tell because they're both kind of like pinto bean twinks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how and the movie in, basically ends. In the end, kind of yeah. everybody gets what they want. Except for Tommy Gnosis, who already had what he wanted and then lost it all because he got drunk. I'm very, I'm still a little confused about the ending, to be honest, because it's just. Uh, Hedwig. It, yeah, the whole thing kind of takes place in this kind of. Um, at least everything after the car crash kind of has this kind of dreamlike feel to it where you're not really sure if what you're seeing is actually happening or not like i get the um, symbolism of hedwig <laughs> becoming the new hip thing which was homeinosis right like i get that symbolism it's this feel like everybody got what they wanted but still like nobody's happy except maybe Yitzhak I'm not Yitzhak is very happy I sort of feel like that everybody sort of reached where they wanted to become like Hedwig became who they are in order to escape Germany in order to be with someone they loved ultimately that didn't work out and then they sort of created a new image in Tommy and then it sort of at the end, you sort of see Hedwig become Tommy in that that's what Hedwig really wanted of being that rock star, being that person that's on stage, right. emulating their idols of uh, David Bowie and the rockers that they listened to on yeah. the American Force radio. Right. And then not only that, but passing on the mantle of Hedwig to Yitzhak, who wants who also wants that, who wants to have their time in the spotlight. And then sort of that like last scene where you see everybody all in white, I sort of, it sort of to me seems like that's like the light at the end of the tunnel for Hedwig is just sort of like, look, this is, 
your time is over. It's time to give to an. It's time to move on, almost. Right. I feel like the whole movie, Hedwig, is basically doing everything she can, like, at the wrong time. Like, she's just a little too impatient. Right? Yeah, she's just a little like, too early to the party. She has, she has, um, she has a sex change, um, the, the movie's words, um, this is a movie made before, um, most of, like, a lot of movies we watch. This is a movie that was made before most of the language surrounding, uh, transgender and trans, uh, people and transgender issues was really solidified. So, um... Hedwig talks about, you know, getting a sex change and getting married to escape East Berlin. And then shortly after, the Berlin Wall falls. So it turns out that she never, she didn't have to take such drastic measures. Um, If she were a little more patient, then she could have had everything she wanted. And in kind of a similar way, um, she kind of moves too fast with Tommy Gnosis and ends up ruining what chance she could have had at a career through the two of them working together. Although some of that also comes down to Tommy Gnosis being a weak little bitch boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Actually not wrong. Accurate. I, I, my opinion is that I think it was actually Tommy Gnosis's, uh, um, uh, actions that actually led to the, the splintering of Hedwig and Tommy. Not so much Hedwig's. That's just my reading of it, though. Right. And, like, the whole movie, you get this feeling that Hedwig is just trying so, so hard, um and to make things move and the only times that things are ever really moving is when Hedwig isn't doing anything or when she's not trying yeah the thing the things that she wants have the potential to just fall in her lap but she can't see that because she's working so hard to move to, to try the and things make those that things she happen. wants instead of letting the things that she wants move to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that I speak for all of us when I say this movie is really fun. I think that, um,. After having being in a coma for five weeks, I don't know what just happened. Um, in all, all honesty, um, honestly, I think, I think this the way <laughs> the way we opened this episode, you could hardly like tell like how excited we were not to be reviewing another eating out movie, but like let me yeah, tell instead you. of eating out, y'all are staying in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was one of the jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we went Andrew, through a lot of food puns. You have no consider idea. Consider yourself blessed. <laughs> consider so, yourself blessed that you come in on Hedwig and not like eating out five. <laughs> well, I would have oh, loved want? to come in on eating out too. I've actually seen that one. 
<laughs> eating Out 2 is the best of the Eating Out movies. We've determined this, yeah. like, scientifically. Um, <laughs> 2 and 4 process. are the only two good ones. <laughs> you can tell... You can tell that this movie series has traumatized us because we're still talking about it in the Hedwig yes. episode. <laughs> maybe, next, maybe Bruce LeBruce next week will get it out of us. But for now, we should probably just sum up our entire feelings on this movie uh, and count our blessings that we're watching this movie. So, Amelia, did this movie rock or just roll over and die? Uh, um, this, uh, movie is, like, beyond platinum record for me. Like, if there was, like, a fucking rare earth diamond thing, uh, what was the other one? The Heart of the Ocean, like, in Titanic? That's the record that this is. Yes, I think it was all the way. pronounced the heart of your song? Or the song of your heart? <laughs> yes. This, this movie, oh, wait, what did you say? Sorry. <laughs> You just ignore I, this me. vermouth is hitting me this vermouth is hitting me I don't know what's going on anymore <laughs> well, let's just we'll just say that that was the thumbs up for Amelia um, Andrew yes absolutely this, <laughs> Andrew does this movie uh, deserve an encore or should it just end uh, I, I think it deserves an encore it was for me just amazing to see like a punk rock story told of just sort of a self-discovery of what uh, a rock star really wants of themselves and sort of this just path of destruction and sort of, but also like just learning that sometimes everything that you want will happen eventually. Hey, bro. Yes. Did this movie break boundaries, or should they have left the Berlin Wall up? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed this movie. Um, And surprisingly, this is my first time watching this movie. Um, uh, It is good on the eyes... It's great on the ears. It serves you David Bowie, Velvet Underground. Like, if you're in a red lobster, if you're in a red lobster, right? If you're interested in like glam rock or punk rock or um, that aesthetic at all, give this movie a shot. You will not regret it. Man, it feels so good to give a movie an endorsement again. All right, I'd forgotten what it was like. (laughs) Anyway, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or ended up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gaykapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Anito Kitsch, reminding you to keep on rocking in the... I've just been served a, a copyright notice from Neil. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nato Kitsch reminding you that redacted. <laughs> Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>